Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I am Sean, joined as always by my brother Ian. Ian, basketball. Who else? Pod God's back. Bring on. Pod God is back. Rob Shaw, what's going on, my man? What's Great to going see on, you. fellas? Rocking a Harry Potter shirt today. He's that 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 means Rob Shaw, ladies and gentlemen, is on his game. Forever Harry Potter. Like just always. Never read a book. I think I've seen one of the movies when I was a kid. So I've I've no opinions. But when Sean turns it on, I'm like, eh. So that that could that could be your guys' thing. No Greatest problem. literary work of our uh, time. The writer is a bit yeah, off. Yeah, sucks. She's a ba- sucks. She's a bad person. That's not ideal. But I but mean, she is a gonna... literary genius. Um, yeah. But speaking of genius, we were going to talk about the the NFL, the craziness that was the divisional round. But we did have a bit of breaking news, so let's just dive right into basketball, and we'll circle back around the football at the end. The NBA All-Star starters were announced, Mr. Shaw. In the East, we have Kevin Durant as the captain, Giannis, DeMar, Joel, and Trey as the starters. And in the West, LeBron James as the captain, 18-time All-Star. Holy crap. Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Ja, and Andrew Wiggins. Anything jump out to you? Anything you want to talk about? I had to take off my curmudgeon I know basketball more than everybody hat. Because, like, when I initially saw it, I was like, the fans are so stupid. How could they have Wiggins in over Luca and Booker? And then, like, I had to take a step back. Like, if that's who the fans voted for and that's and the fans are what make this league go, then that's who needs to be there. So, like, do I think Andrew Wiggins should be an all-star starter over those guys? No, but somebody does. And those somebodies are the people like I didn't vote for all-star starters because I think it's stupid. So like, just like in politics, oh, this guy can't be president. Look, if you didn't vote, shut up. So I got to shut up on this one. Congratulations to Andrew Wiggins and everybody that had Wiggins over Jabari Parker in the 2013 draft. Congratulations to you guys too. Ian, I have a feeling you do have an opinion on this. (laughs) I mean, he obviously shouldn't be there, right? I mean, I think there's two ways I want to say. Number one, Andrew Wiggins deserves a ton of credit for, for a lot of things. The first of which, first of all, getting his vaccine credit. You took you that took you, but you got there and I'm proud of you. Good job. Number two, This is a guy who was shit on, forgotten, laughed at, mocked, everything else. Got got traded to a a great situation, no doubt. But this is a guy who worked on his game. By by is, you know, if you play Andrew Wiggins' career 10 times, is this one of the worst versions? Sure. Of course. Right. I mean, we, you know, we we didn't call him Maple Jordan up here for no reason. So to see him at least get grow into some of that potential. He deserves credit for that. Now, it, does credit mean you should be an all-star starter when that's reserved for the game's all-time greats? Probably not. Probably not. But, you know, I do, you know, it, while I disagree because of that this decision is going to cost someone who's really deserving, like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, that's the person, that's the type of guy that we're going to be forcing out, right? Like if Wiggins was in the East, I'd be worried that this is going to force out, you know, LaMelo Ball, Pascal Siakam, those, you know, 11, 12 guys who deserve to be there, right? Like, oh, Freddie's going to get there. I'm not concerned about that. So that's kind of how I feel with Wiggins, right? I mean, I'm happy for him. It's great for Canada basketball. It's, you know, it's great for him. It's great for the Warriors. Little knock to the all-star voting process. And I think it's going to bump someone else out. And that's the tough part. Right, because when you say, "Oh, you know, the all the articles come out," and everyone's like, "All star snubs," and all the talking heads say, "Who would you take off?" Well, that's probably the guy, right? And and if that guy is likely going to be the snub replacer, I, I don't know that he should be a starter. But hey, do you, man? I I think Wiggins is the easy one, but I think the other trend that I see 
out of the NBA all-star starters is on every team, they are either a winning team or 500, right? I think the worst team that's represented here is the Lakers outside of Trey Young in Atlanta. And while Trey is incredible, I think he's at, what is he doing? 29 points a game this season, 20, 28 points a game this season, 10 assists, uh, somehow four rebounds, you know, shooting 50, almost 40 and 90, really, really, really good. But like Jimmy Butler is around. I know he's only played 30 games. Miami Heat are first in the East. They got nothing here. Zach Levine's putting up a career year. I know they were represented by DeMar. Again, I'm not saying Trey shouldn't be it. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be it. I'm just saying that's the one where I'm like, ah. but again, it's, this is an exhibition. This is a fun game, and no one is more fun than Trey. Trey is very clearly the best point guard in the Eastern Conference, right? I mean, I don't, and, I, and I'm not sure it's remotely close. I mean, well, offensively, I, yes. I, th- I think Fred, yes, obviously the defense is a huge, huge concern. But because now you got Fred a, knocking on the door. If you just look at all around basketball is, player Garland, he is such a generational offensive player. True. That. I just don't care, right? Like, I just don't care. The same way that we feel about, you know, Luka Doncic. The only reason Luka Doncic is a better defensive player than Trey Young is because he's six foot seven, right? So, you know, we have guys that we involve that we involve in this game and we cherish that are offense-only players. Do I like it? No, right? But to me, Trey is the number one point guard in the East. Number two, by the way, is Fred VanVleet. And for all you out there stressing, that he isn't going to make it. Raptor fans in particular, trust me, he's making it. It's a no-brainer. I think part of the Wiggins issue is that there wasn't really a deserving fifth, right? With with like obviously there's deserving guys. Obviously, you want to roll book or CP3. Like, I get that. Neither one of those guys having a, an overwhelming statistical season. And both will probably make it anyway. Well, Wiggins made but, it in the but, front, but court, which is something fit? to remember. So yeah, it, it but, would be so you could you skew Draymond? Could you skew Draymond Luca? Like to me, Luca doesn't deserve to be a starter. He shouldn't even be an All Star with with how overweight and and underwhelming he's been. Shouldn't I be an All Star. It's it's really debatable. If you said to me, Ian, should it be Luca Doncic or Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander? I'd rather have Alexander in the game. Okay, so do you think that the lack of like a no-doubt fifth, because in the East, there was a no-doubt five. Do you think that that led to this decision? No, that's, this is just the fan vote. Um, But did he get skewed higher because there wasn't like a slam dunk five? Well, he got skewed higher because Steph Curry is on fire. And or was on fire and they're playing national TV games and you always want to reward winning and he'll make some big dunks. He's he got skewed just by playing on a better team. Like Sean said, hey, all these teams are winning. Um, And he also got a big. um, God, this is embarrassing now. He got a big K-pop push. Wow. Korean pop music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, K-pop. Yeah, yeah. He got a big push from them in the fan voting. Wow. Well, it's interesting because the NBA put out the ranks based on fan vote, player, and media. Uh, Wiggins was third in fan vote in the front court for the Western Conference. He was fifth in player rank and sixth in media rank, which gave him a weighted score of 4.25, just edging out Draymond. Draymond was third with players, fourth with media, sixth with fans. I'm just—he's right there with the players in the media. Then, so can yeah, we the really fan do that vote now? weighs more. The fan it vote does. weighs fifth. Yeah, it does, and it's not like the players had him tenth. <laughs> you know what I mean? They had him fifth. So again, he's right there. You, you look at Trey. Not having a son in the starting group—it feels, feels wrong. Wrong. Feels wrong. I mean, they've wrong. been the best team by a, a a mile longer than that, right? Like it hasn't been close. One, two, and twenty five, five and four is nothing to scoff at from Devin. No, Butler. No, no, he's balling. 
Like that that is a healthy that is a healthy number. Yeah, that's that's all star star. I think, but again, that's what I'm talking about. That but is Booker the got screwed. Sorry to cut you off. Booker got screwed because he's technically backcourt. He's a guard. So Steph Curry and John Morant were number one in player, number one in media, number one in fan. Jaw was two, two, and two. So they're auto in. So then yeah, those the are, next are, closest was they're Dodgers. likely all NBA team. That's the all NBA first team right now. Those two. Yeah, right now. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, which we're going to get to. We have a, a fun game coming up w- w- in that respect. But I was just shocked to see um, uh, when it came to Wiggins that he did have that high from the rest of you know coaches and, and players that it wasn't such a discrepancy. Uh, the, it was the, Trey the, the that was reason- actually Trey was actually closer. Levine was right there, like right there. The fact that Trey had the fan vote is what edged him out because oh, well, and the media, but uh, the players had him had Levine second, so there would have been two. Chicago Bulls guards also starting playing the game. forward. I know he's played. Had, he's played the three all year. So like and they've had him so, as a guard, right? So this this four, yeah, he has right, especially with Caruso, and they have all those and Caruso, Lonzo. When Pat Williams was there, like he was. You're right. He's playing four. Why? What's the deal? Then why have them? Right? If Andrew Wiggins gets lumped into the game because he's a front court player, that's ridiculous, right? And, and these all star games, they matter. Right, like when we talk about a Hall of Fame candidacy, and if we're talking about Devin Booker, not that Devin Booker's not going to make it, but if he's a six-time All Star instead of a ten, well, that matters. Like that really matters, and that's why, like, it's a cool story. I'm happy for Wiggins, but at the end of the day, like, I hate to be like the crotchety old guy, but someone's going to get burned on this. It also well, matters money-wise. Financially, it matters. For sure. Like, there's incentives and bonuses yes. that are hit by being an all-star. And you can leverage it in future contracts, right? Is, like. Anyways, let, let's pivot here, guys, because we do have a lot of basketball to get to. And, Rob, as you sit in New York, I had to start with uh, the news of the week. James Harden's unhealthy, uh, unhappy, sorry, and unhealthy, I guess. We can use both. Yeah, he's fat. Again. <laughs> so James Harden is unhappy. What's your read on the situation of James Harden? And what do you see as, I know with NBA media, a lot of things get thrown around. A lot of it's posturing. A lot of it's agents in, in the ears of Shams and Woj and, you know, help you know, do this. To, what is your unbiased read on what is happening with James Harden? Like, there's a lot of talk about it, but it seems like it all ends and starts in the same place. Like, it doesn't sound like, oh, Harden might want to explore his options. It sounds like it's a two-horse race. It's, hey, stay in Brooklyn, or do I go hook up with Daryl Morey again in Philly? Like, I haven't really heard, oh, man, Harden uh, might be interested in Miami and kicking it with Jimmy Butler. It's... For the Nets, it's like a catch-22. Like, if he wants to go, I don't think there's a scenario where he stays. Because, like, in the olden days, you could say, well, if they won the championship, nobody leaves after winning a championship. No, we watched Durant and Kawhi win championships. We're we're Raptors fans. Trust me, we know. So, but, like, that's what I'm saying. So, like, even the Nets winning the championship doesn't mean, well, James Harden's definitely going to stay. And then another disappointing uh, postseason, like last season, means he might bolt either way. So, like, it's really, hey, what does he want to do? Because you used to be able to say, look, if you won the championship, you don't break up that core unless you're Mark Cuban, and we see how well that's gone. He doesn't. He also fumbles the bag if he leaves. So he has a $47.3 million player option at the end of this year. If he were to pick that up and sign the max – I think the number over the four years would be 227 million is what he could make by just signing the max with Brooklyn. If he opts out and signs a new max, it's 200 million. Can I just jump in? Of course. I live in New York. That number is incredibly different. Like 227 million does not go as far in New York, like just from a financial place, but like uncle Sam lives here. New York state taxes are unbearable. Yeah. And this is a guy who spent eight years in Houston with no state tax. Correct. So he's probably looking at his checks like, 
Wait, what? It's not like Philly's but, much better, though. It isn't. I, I I can't speak for Philly, but I know New York is some BS. And we know it, the strip clubs be, are worse. It may, be, it may be better from, like, a tax perspective, but how is it getting different from, like, a living perspective, right? Like, New York and Philly are both amazing places. I would love to sp- – I spend extended time in New York. I would love to do the same in Philadelphia. Like, they're, ama- they're great cities. But if you don't like New York, I don't see why you're going to like Philly unless – it's because you love cheesecake, which or cheese cheese steak, Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, cheesesteak. Yeah, you had it. Not cheese it was steak. right there. It was right there. But it, it's also not just the taxes. The living expenses in New York are, expon- are exponentially higher than Philadelphia, right? So but it's just everything I mean, in general. At that point, look, the guy's made. But it's got to be Kyrie, million. right, Ian? It's Kyrie. That this is the problem. So I'm gonna get there. This guy's made 500 million in his career. Okay, he's made 500 million in his career. At the end, he's a big stakeholder in body body armor, like. I don't know that at this point, every decision he makes is going to be financially motivated. What's 27 million? Ah. I don't know. That's my next question. <laughs> to, to write like, hey, to, to everyone, of course, right? Like 27 million. I mean, that's a life-changing amount of money. But you have to think of it like Meek Mill said, there's levels to this shit. So, you know, when you're at James's spot, like for him, he's like, I can make up that 27 million in another place. You know what I mean? Could it's so funny that James Harden is like a top ten or whatever basketball player, and we haven't yet thought that. Hey, what if this is just a flat out basketball decision? We we just haven't because it might just be. Hey, I tried it with Kevin and Kyrie. I, I think I want to play my style of basketball, and Joel Embiid is a better fit for that because. As a big guy, he needs he relies on me to get him the ball. If Durant gets it off the rim, he can walk it down. Same thing with Kyrie, or they might outlet to one of them. And he's, I'd assume, if he's going back to Philly, him and Maury have had a conversation where Maury is like, hey, we're going to put it right back in your hands, just like we did in Houston, only this time you have Joel Embiid as your partner and Matisse Thybul to guard all those guys that are running past you. Well, Ian, you've had some thoughts about the Harden Kyrie thing. Where do you stand? Well, I mean that—that that you just solve your problem, right? I mean, you know, for, for a number of reasons. James, part of James's issue, it sounds like, is lifestyle. Maybe it's weather. Maybe it's taxes. It's definitely Steve's fluid rotation, and Kyrie, right? I, I can solve one of those issues real easily. And that's just trade Kyrie. Like, even if you just like, even if you just get 75 cents on the dollar, like if you call the Mavs and it's like Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith and like Maxi Kleba or whatever, or even Tim Hardaway, I don't care, pick one. I'd rather have Hardaway, but anyway. You know, what do you care, right? Like, I get it, you know, you want to get the most for your, the most for you, but I would rather have, Finney Smith, Brunson, et cetera, then just no one for half the games, right? So I solve Harden hates that he has to play with Kyrie and Kyrie's only playing half the games. That problem's solved. Well, he's mad about the rotation. Well, if I get three high-end role players, all of a sudden, I don't have as many issues in the rotation and I can stick to eight or nine guys that I like, right? I mean, you just, you solve that problem. And, and, Look, I know that I, I know that it's it's difficult to think about trading Kyrie because you know his relationship with Kevin. Kevin is signed for another five years at like an absurd amount of money. Kevin clearly wanted to be in New York. If Kevin was really going to hitch his wagon to Kyrie, which by the way, going great so far, if he was going to ride that all the way out and be like, you can't trade Kyrie, otherwise I want to trade. It's like, okay, where? Where? Who who can find a way to pay what is is absolutely necessary for Kevin Durant, the best player in the league? He's not going anywhere if you trade Kyrie. Like, he signed, you know, and with all the injuries, he's got all that money. I, I just don't see it. The move is to trade Kyrie. You solve your problem. Well, it it definitely sounds like it's not, 
necessarily the basketball fit, although I do believe that James Harden wants the ball in his hands more. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Rob. Playing with a generational big man like Joel Embiid fits, even though the Rockets traded away every big man they ever had, it does feel like a great fit for Harden. An even better fit than a Durant, which is crazy to say. Definitely a better fit than Kyrie. But then how do you move on? So let's say that, that there let's just say there is that Kyrie's staying because Durant went to ownership and said, You're not trading him. I'm Kevin Durant. I'm running the show. Let's just say that happens, just hypothetically. They just gave up four firsts and four pick swaps for James Harden. So let's he declines that player option because 27 million anything. Okay. Then what? Then what? I need ben pick Simmons? swaps in the signing trade. I, oh God, I don't want him. Then if okay, I'm but Steve then Nash, what? I go to the front office and I'm like, no, you guys have already given me enough crazy personalities. I had James Harden, I have Kyrie, I have James Johnson, who's like a nut job, but super cool. Um, I have Kevin Durant, the best player in the world, but not necessarily known for his elite leadership. I don't want Ben Simmons. Like no, just- that's a that's a three teamer all day. You send Simmons to a team like Sacramento and Atlanta, and Brooklyn gets all of the stuff that comes with that, plus some extras from Philly. But then you gave away eight years of control over your first round pick for stuff. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't necessarily no disagree. Title. I don't necessarily disagree. But that to Rob's point, right? You know, he's talking about James and if they win the title. If you win the title, I I, I trade my next twenty first round picks. I don't care if I could trade 20 first round picks for a guaranteed title. I'm doing that all day. I'm sorry. Well, ask, ask the Lakers. How that's the future. Going. If I win now, well, yeah, let's, it's not trade all my picks and be bad at it. You have to at least get the right player, but I would get all get of all that. Of course you would. All right. So let's do a modified quick hitters. Cause I have three topics that I want to cover before we get to our 2022 draft. Okay. The first quick hitter, throwing to you, Ian. Who do you believe in more, the 32 and 17 Grizzlies or the 30 and 19 Cleveland Cavaliers? I think I like the Grizzlies' construction better. I love what Cleveland's doing. When we get into the playoffs, I wonder how the Jumbo Jumbos are going to do when you know you can sort of plan for that every other day. And if I have an elite wing talent. You know, I, I'm forcing you to play Isaac Okoro an awful lot. So I love the Cavs. I mean, Evan Mobley should have went number one. Jared Allen should be a Raptor. And they're a, a great story. J.B. Bickerstaff is killing it. But the Grizzlies, they were designed with, like, such precision. And every – although they missed on stuff, Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, et cetera, it just feels like – they're hitting every move along the edges and their big picture of what they want to build around Ja, Jaron Jackson and that group. It's all like coming together. And it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like, it's very pure what they're doing. So I, I very much believe in the Grizzlies. Rob. The Grizzlies are dying for your boys to make a trade with them. The everything the Grizzlies are building is and it's, it's a no secret around the league that they are looking for a wing. They have the franchise lead guard. They have what they feel is the franchise big man in Jaron Jackson Jr. Now they're looking for a wing. They're looking for a Jalen Brown type. They need to say, hey, they need to say, hey, what's up with OG? Like they need to call you guys and say, you guys have two elite young wing prospects. We're dying to get a hold of one. What does it take? Desmond Bain. I, I assume he's in at, every package. For at minimum. Minimum. I know. He's got to be in and, every package. Yeah. And if you're Memphis, it may stop at Desmond Bay. Like, I, if you call, if I, you call I, I me so right too. now, you call me right now and said, you can, hey, the Celtics are in for a Jalen Brown trade, but it's Desmond Bain plus. I personally, I do that shit. Do I think Jalen Brown's a, a flawed player and he's too ball centric? Yes. Okay. But I do that. I just do. I don't know that Memphis does. And that is wild to say, but I just don't think they do it. They love 
what they're, they love this, like, you know, this sort of um, very uniform growth. I, I'm just not convinced they do it. I don't I think know if they would do it this year, just based on, Hey, let's see what we look like in the actual playoffs, mm-hmm. but like a deep playoff run, maybe not even a deep, like a second round run where they lose in six or seven might push the needle. Like, okay, now we need that big wing that can defend and play make. It's honestly Ben Simmons, which I, I'd be really interested to see how you play Simmons and Adams together in crunch time. I think that'd be really dicey, but that would be really interesting for them. I, I just don't think you can get there without giving up Bain. And I think if you give up Bain, you give up a lot of perimeter shooting. And I, I'm just not totally sure how that would go. What about Brandon Clark? Brandon Clark is cool. I mean, no, like, I'm talking like if we're building other packages to get a wing. Oh, oh, I think the answer is as Zaire Williams. Uh, the yeah. kid they took number 10 this year. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's where my package wrote. Hey, Bain and Williams for All-Star X. Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark is like that friend you see at the bar and you're like, oh, it's so good to see you. And you have three drinks with, and you know, then you text each other and you're like, hey, we're boys. And then you never hear from them for the next three months. Like he's like that type of friend. He's not like your everyday ride or die guy. Brandon Clark oh. is not going to be the centerpiece of anything big. I don't know. I'd rather die with Brandon Clark. Also, how do you just pull out a bar analogy after two years of a pandemic? Like, honestly, good for you. Like, still living through your youth. You're about to have a kid in, like, six weeks. Um, Okay. You guys are terrible at quick hitters. Like, that was was extremely long. Um, The answer is the Grizzlies because the West isn't as good as the East, so they will go further than the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's just – okay. We'll just keep going. But Um, Jobbers Mobley, that rise is going to be amazing to watch. It is. This fucking guy. Uh – Rob, what the fuck did the Lakers do? Celebrate the pandemic title, the bubble <laughs> title. Um, keep putting out stats like the BS they put out today. LeBron James is 106 points away from being the all-time leading scorer if you combined uh, for playoffs and regular season, which nobody does. Like, just keep, like, every day should be a new LeBron stat. And like you start making moves where you're no longer building around LeBron, you should start trying to build around Anthony Davis. This is a big theory of mine that every team has an optimum player it's built around. And that's why if that player misses games, it looks so different for the second fiddle because it's not built around the second fiddle. It's built around the superstar. And now it's guys that don't necessarily accentuate the second guy's strengths. Are you for one second saying that Anthony Davis deserves to be built around more than LeBron James? Is that what you're telling me? I, are we absolutely sure that Anthony Davis is one of the 15 best players in the league? Is he in the top 20? When, when is the last time? When is the last time our draft was built on this question? Is when Anthony is Davis time? a top 15 player? No, he isn't. When is the last time you looked at Anthony Davis? You're like, that's the guy I need but to LeBron's build around. In year 19. It was the 20. It was a 2020 bubble. But LeBron being a top four or five player this year at the beginning of the year was completely inconceivable. This guy is playing up to that and better. It's bananas. We, like Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis should barely be carrying LeBron's bags. I can't, I can't build shit around him. He's either on the bench because he's out or he's shooting 25 foot bricks. What are we talking about? This team, this Lakers team right now is built around around LeBron and as great as he is, Sean is asking the question because this team is built around LeBron and they still suck. They sure do. They suck because they listen to the wrong person. Rob Palinka wanted Buddy Heald, who, by the way, isn't solving any of these issues either for what it's worth, okay? That's who Palinka wanted. And this is from Ramona Shelburne. There's no one who's more tapped in than this, okay? And AD and LeBron were like, no, we want Russ. So the reason the Lakers are bad isn't because Anthony Davis is the savior. If he was and you had two top five or top 10 guys, chances are he'd be a lot fucking better than this, right? They listen to the player and you never should do that. LeBron is a bad GM. I, I just don't understand why we need to keep playing this game. That's why they're bad. So the team built in his image with the players he wants sucks. 
You're both kind of saying the same thing. He's not the GM. Anyways, I, 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 I wouldn't do anything. What the hell are you going to do? Bring in John Wall. Got a new LeBron stat every day. Hey, it, today's well, they, LeBron they, stat was he's the first player to be selected to 18 All Star games in a row. Every day there should be a new one. Well, they're, they're throwing a, NBA on ESPN is already throwing out Russell Westbrook stats, which is saying that he has a better field goal percentage than Steph Curry and John Morant and all these guys. And then people with you know acumen nice. with analytics are throwing out true shooting nice. percentage and effective field goal percentage where he is dead last against everyone that they ranked him against. So I, I honestly keep throwing out Russell Westbrook stats. I, give me a little more Carmelo stats that I think as, I'd like to see a little more of those hey, um, last Carmelo, one. Carmelo has been exactly what he's they needed. Okay. To be. Yeah, he's been okay. Last one real quick. Rob Shaw, your favorite Toronto Raptor trade target ahead of the trade deadline. And it has to make sense. My favorite Raptors trade target. Ian, do you want to throw out a few examples? I feel like I'm yelling at Rob a lot. So, like, I don't <laughs> want to be critical of his choice here. So, right, this is the From the Stands podcast. We get heated up in here. I, I love you, Rob. I love not, it. I, I, oh, I, I, I'm built I, for this. This is the okay. funnest. This right. is the most all fun right. I'll have all week. Okay. All right. So, a couple names that I came up with. Jakob Pertle, not I, obviously the internet and various people. Jakob Pertle. You want to bring him back home? I love Yak. Spicy P's best friend. And talk about hooping. Pascal's hooping. Uh, Eric Gordon, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday. All right. So out of that group, um, and when take the, into account what you're going to have to give up for those guys too. You just and, threw out three pacers. It's like let's go to Indiana and see who we come home with. Well, in Sean's in, in your initial question, my thought was like a little scoring punch off the bench wouldn't hurt. So Eric Gordon is the one I naturally gravitate to. I love Justin Holiday, but I feel like he's just a worse version of OG at this point. Probably better shooting, but you already have that with a little bit of overlap. Um. And lastly, Spicy P is one of the worst nicknames in the world. I've hated it since its inception. Oh, so we're going to do this today. It's a horrible nickname. Okay. Just he's not saying he's awful. bad at basketball. He's saying his he's great at sucks. basketball. It is he's just outstanding a terrible at basketball. nickname. All right. I can, I can give you that. I can give you that. Okay. It's not my so my, my opinion is that the Raptors shouldn't do anything. I think they should not hold on to the Raptors. It is an option. Every person of consequence is under contract for a long time. And the whole point of this year was Scotty Barnes and being competitive. And they're doing both of those things. I would, every player you mentioned outside of maybe Pirtle, you have to give up a first round pick for. I would not be giving up my first round pick. I'm not giving up a first round pick for Justin Holiday. Okay, but to, true. But to Rob's point, he's not who I go get because he's redundant on this roster, even though I love Justin Holiday. Uh, I like Justin Holiday. Pirtle, if you can get him without getting rid of your first round pick, using even though Boucher's been playing a hell of a lot lately, I don't know. But if you can get him, I think he fits a need for this team. But I, I'd rather go if you're going to do anything, do something around the edges, like backup point guard, fix some of the stuff that's that's on the bench, that does not get rid of your capital. Once you see the full season, you can come into next year with. Fred Van Vliet still under contract, an OG still under contract, if Pascal Siakam still under not, contract. Not much Barnes. longer, man. Those guys aren't much longer. Like Fred more and years. P, Fred and P are two. They're two left after this. I think P may even be one in a player option. So like oh, he's picking that up. You know, we have time. I would I wouldn't bet my life on that. But it's the max. Pair, yeah, pair pair how he's playing and how this bullshit fan base treats him. I wouldn't bet my life on that. Again, I wouldn't with, first with all with sure, all that with all, with all that said though, like you can't stand Pat because you have you have guys on this roster that are killing themselves to get you to where you are. Freddie Van Vliet's playing 40 minutes a night. Hey, I know it's great for him to play. Okay. And I'm, I know he probably loves it, but th- those are championship level minutes he's playing. So we need to it support could, it could those affect guys. him long term, which you don't yeah, want. Yeah, we 
We need to support those guys. And I'm not saying you go trade everything for Devonta Sabonis or even Miles Turner, but I think a Pirtle, a Gordon, or a Holiday, anyone would be welcome because you need to show this group, hey, yes, we have the long-term goals here, but we, the, show, the present matters. That part I agree with. Support for the roster to actually help them be better versions of themselves. So that's the Turner and Sabonis thing. You're giving up part of your core, not going to happen. So that's to you guys both. Kind of, we all are saying around the edges makes a lot of sense, but I wouldn't make a swing. Um, that's just my opinion. Boys, the guy I want, the guy I want is Gordon. Dragic, Malachi. Your buddy, your buddy, Gordon. Send some, send some picks. I like Gordon. Your buddy, Gordon. Uh, your buddy, Goran Dragic. Ciao. All right, we made it. We are going to do a quick, well, not quick, a fun, entertaining five-round snake draft. It is in the mold of your halfway all-NBA picks. The difference is Rob, Ian, and myself will be picking what we believe is the best team from 20, the 2020, uh, the 2021-2022 season to put on the court. There are some rules. The first rule is that the player that you are picking needs to have played at least 23 games. That is roughly John, can you half pause? of the season. Can you pause? You have to look at this tweet I just sent you. I'm sorry. I was John, like so deep. I know. I know you're doing so good. You have to. I like I I someone sent it to me and I'm almost crying. <laughs> this is kind of this is good. This, this is gold. Okay, well, you might as well read it out. This is gonna stay in the podcast. You might as well read it out. Well, it's hard because it's a picture, but it's it's congratulations to Andrew Wiggins on being named a starter. And then there's a screenshot of the year that the heist by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis won the Grammy for best hip hop album over Kendrick Lamar, Drake, Jay-Z, and Kanye West. So congrats, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I wish they would have added who, who's Kendrick, who's Drake, who's Jay, and who's Kanye, like, from the NBA. Ooh, oh, God. We got to get to a draft. Or we, but clearly, clearly, Jay-Z is LeBron. But, he, he, but he's drafted. Or he's a starter. No, I know, oh, I know, but none of, but all. Oh, that's the point. The next guy, you mean? Yeah. So the I don't next think anyone guy. Anyone not. So what? Chris Paul's is Jay Z. In this, yeah, this one, probably the older, the elder state. Devin Booker's Drake. Mm-hmm. I actually like that comp. Who's Fred Van Vliet is great. Who's the Drake. crazy person that isn't picked? Kyrie is Kanye West. He's nowhere <laughs> to be found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one. gotta be. Kyrie and West. Kendrick Lamar, just absolute precision. Underrated in his own in his own world, but stop making music like a turd. So Jason Tatum, he's like or, he or, should be or Joel Embiid when he shows up, he's absolute fire, no. but he's not always there. Joel's been too good for too long. Like I, I you know, with know, someone Kendrick's with been... someone like Tatum, Tatum Tatum is tantalizing all the time, but he leaves you like it's like when you walk away from a restaurant and you're still hungry. That's what Jason Tatum is. That's your the, best the meal. The meal is exquisite. The meal's exquisite, but I'm still hungry. Okay. So right. I think he I think I think he has to be he has we to get be back angry. to the draft. Yes. You have to have played 23 Elite games. Level and it gets to stay in the podcast, which is even better. Uh have to play 23 games and then five positions. Rob, we didn't talk to you about this before, but you are gonna pick a traditional point guard, three wings or like wings, which can be guards, forwards, whatever you want. And then one true center. So not the Giannis finishes games as center or AD finishes games as center. True centers. Embiid, Jokic, Jared Allen, Kat, uh, Rudy Gobert, like true centers. You got to have one of those guys on your team. All right? You, Mr. Shaw, Harry Potter, are awarded the first overall pick in this draft. After you just going over the rules... I'm going to take Joel Embiid just because center is such a scarcity. It is. Fucking dick. <laughs> For my like, money, I, I just don't want to wind up the best in a player all year. I just don't want to wind up in a situation where like one of you guys has Jokic, one of you guys has Embiid, and I'm like there with my thumb up my ass like, ooh, give me Rudy. 
is everyone healthy? Or is it like current situation? No, no, it, of this season. So you can pick Durant. He's played 23 games. He's hurt now, but you take his, this season Durant, you get. Like you can't take Kawhi. He hasn't played. This season Durant, outside of, outside of Embiid, this season Durant, ah, man, it's tough. I'm going to go Jokic. Center is a scarcity. And I may get Durant on the way back. We'll see. I am going to go Giannis to play for the four. Oh, God. Because now Ian's got me all messed up. God damn it. Either way, I'm good. So No, I know. Do you, man? I know you're good. And I'm going to go Durant. Fuck it. I'm going to go Durant. I wanted to go Curry, but I'm going to go Durant because I love the shooting around. But I think I think Durant can. No, no, pick wasn't in. No, it was, it yeah, was the pick discussed. was in. You already it submitted the paperwork. I'm, ta- I'm switching my pick to Steph. You didn't jump on the board quick enough. I'm switching my pick to Steph. Fuck it. I'm taking Steph around Giannis. It's fine. Durant, so Durant next to Jokic. Jokic. Durant next to Jokic sounds incredible. I know. I know. And, and look, Curry, like I just got to say. I got to say, with Curry is, sorry, I know we keep we keep running into each other. Go, he's has fallen off the last two weeks. That's the tough thing. Like, this guy was like very clearly the MVP along with Jokic and Durant. Like those were the three I would say for the majority of the season. The tough thing is the fact that Giannis can't shift to center for me is difficult. That's why I didn't want Durant because I would want to play Durant at the four. So I appreciate you letting me change my pick, even though I would love to pick any number of tr- of other true point guards later on. Um, they can they can potentially slide in my guard spot, but Steph Curry, true point guard, coming in on my team with Giannis. Ian and Ian has Jokic and Durant. Oh my! God. Here we go. Go ahead, Rob. I wanted Steph. I wanted Durant. I, I mean, I wanted everybody. And my initial thought was, Ja has been amazing, and you should just get Ja. But if I was actually building this like a basketball team. And this player is still playing at a super high level. I'd love to pair Chris Paul with Joel Embiid. Like, not long-term, obviously, but in this season. Yeah, yeah. Give me Chris Paul. He would bring out the best in him. Like, for a variety of reasons. But I think Joel is not like Blake. And, you know, I'm sure this was a concern with Minnesota when they were sniffing around Paul. But Kat, um, you know, some of these guys that, that, that may not be able to take how you know, firm and aggressive Chris Paul's leadership can be. And I think the fact that eight, yeah, the fact that Aiton's responded to that, I think is really positive. But Joel Embiid is such a, he's he's so, I don't know what it is, but he's so like sure of himself. I mean, he's a professional athlete. Of course he is, but he's, he just doesn't get, he doesn't get phased in his own skin. Right. I, I, I think he would use the Chris Paul stuff as like, this is one of the all time greats trying to motivate me. Well, watch what I'm going to do to his fucking face in the scrimmage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that mentality would be to, great. That's how Jimmy he reacted Butler. to Jimmy Butler. Like the they, same they way got that, along. like Cat like folded with Jimmy and Joel was like, this guy's my favorite teammate ever. It's like Kyle Lowry, right? What Kyle Lowry and Jimmy are doing right now, which is like probably in the dressing room being maniac, screaming at everybody. But like they love that about each other. So I think like you're saying, great call out on Jimmy. And Embiid, God, they fucked that up. Why'd they pay Harris? You know, I, I, I think that's that, that would work. That'd be really interesting. Light on shooting. If they trade, well, Rob's got another pick. Um, so, but it would have been interesting to see after the 2018 or the 2019 playoffs if they would have traded Ben Simmons then. Because all the reports coming out that Jimmy and Ben were not aligned. Ben had the cat syndrome. If they no, just said they would have, they would have made a killing. A the, killing. His, his stock was uber so high. high, so high. Even though Kawhi put him into a blender. Rob, what's your next pick? All right, my next guy. He's he's not playing great by his standards. Don't say. Um, yeah, White James Don't. Harden, baby. You're out of your mind. I can't believe it. White James Harden, baby. 
Luka Doncic. I know. Even even better. I thought it was Harden Harden. Either, no, either no, no, no. White doesn't matter. I, I want neither one. You don't think James Harden was more explosive than Luka? I think Luka's more methodical than Harden. Oh, Luka's Harden is clearly more explosive, but like just from a, hey, I dominate the ball. And even though I'm fat. Hey, I'll come in fat. Even though I'm fat, right? <laughs> Smoking some Marlboro Reds in the tunnel between between uh, between. Uh, like, I. He's playing bad by his standards, but like the raw numbers are there, and that's still a scary dude in a playoff series. Yeah, but I he don't plays disagree. himself into shape. Yeah, I don't disagree, but there's so much ball movement that it does get me excited. I have to say, those guys passing the ball to Embiid is going to be incredible. I just can't trust a guy who doesn't care enough. Like, people say that about Shaq, right? Oh, he got fat or whatever. But he also was winning the MVP every year, playing every game, and completely dominating every second he was on the court, right? Like, Luka's got that Shaq in him, but he's got the Shaq in him from, like, Phoenix, where it's like, you could still dominate, but... Oh, stop you'd be so No, you'd be so much better if you were just in shape. Like, it's... For some guys, Giannis, LeBron, like they understand that how long I, I do this is directly related to how I keep myself in shape. It's not a coincidence that Car- Carmelo is still playing only because he finally got himself in shape. Dwayne Wade wasn't in shape. That's why he's out of the league. Top Luka, five check line of all time. I got hurt on company time. I'm going to heal on company time. Great line. For sure. Luca is basically the same as last year from just from a stats perspective. I know that that's not all that matters. He's 25, nine and nine, but he's down about half a free throw attempt a game, which I think speaks to the conditioning. And he's shooting 30% from three when he wasn't that great to begin with at 35%. So he's taking eight a game. It's his shot diet. Like the shots he takes. Yeah. Um, like some well, why guys is he taking fall away threes, Rob? Because he's fat. It's way easier to shoot a jump shot than break somebody down off the bound. Without question. Yes. yes. And yet Luca never had to do all that stuff. He would be get to the elbow, back down a little bit, maybe dr- and then ha- floater. He that also was, never needed to be in shape. He always got to his now spot. it's showing. All right, Ian. Who are you taking? Uh, I mean, I'm stunned. I mean, Jabba Rant's still here. I Nikola Jokic gets to throw John Morant the ball. John Morant may jump so high for one of these, he's going to go in the hoop himself. Ja, honestly, has a really, with Kevin Durant going down, Curry struggling, you know, Sixers being in the in the sixth slot. Ja has a real, real case at MVP. What's the narrative? Wow. Because the narrative is always what wins it. What is his narrative? Taking you too long. He, he was, can't win it. No, he was sort of pegged as the guy in his own draft, right? As like the silver medal to Zion, right? And up until last year, we probably all thought that, right? And, and Memphis is sort of this mid mid to lower end market, right? Small, small, small market. And he changed everything there. And now Memphis is devastating. And it's because of him. And I think his style of play matters. Right. Like if you want to tell the narrative, oh, just tell the Derrick Rose 2011 story. I think they were both third year players. Yeah, uh, that's uh, somebody brought that up on a pod that like those explosive guards really hit their stride in year three as opposed to two. Because they're not old enough on the other side that they've lost any juice, but they're young enough that they're like they're hitting their primes athletically. All right. So on to me. I'm taking LeBron. Yeah, I don't know how he's still there. <laughs> Somehow taking... Luca went before LeBron. What are we doing? Uh, so now I'm a bit worried. Read the team's the... out, Sean. What's that? Read the team. Yeah, so after, after three rounds, uh, Pod God is in with Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, and Luka Doncic. Ian is in with Nicole Jokic, Kevin Durant, and John Morant. Did I say Kevin Morant? Kevin Durant and John Morant. That was come on, man. And then I am in with Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
Steph Curry and LeBron James. That's like me good in most, like me in most drafts, <laughs> I'm drafting all like the 2010 All Stars. I always get sucked in to the names. It happens to me in fantasy football all the time. So I have to look at my team and I got to be realistic. So I have a center in mind for what my team needs, but you guys can't take a center. So I got to focus on that third wing spot to join Giannis and uh, Giannis and LeBron. So I got some options. Like DeRozan hasn't gone yet, but I don't love his fit with my team. I think he's clearly a first team all NBA guy this year. Worst second, right? Like who were we talking about for first team? I think you said Stefan Jaw, but I think where does DeMar fit on the all NBA scale? He might come to the front court. He should be a first team all NBA guy. But again, I I think I need more outside shooting, but more defense. If you have Giannis and LeBron on the same team, even though LeBron's shooting from outside is, has improved greatly this year. He has that. We talk about, fall away threes where you barely jump Uh, LeBron's got that in the bag right now guys averaging 29 points this year oh my god still only 35% from three but 35% for him that opens up the entire game and I got Steph obviously for you to steal my guy so Booker's there I'm gonna take Booker I'll take Booker to be my third wing. Overrated three-point shooter. Yes. Yes. And I had another guy in mind, but I just think it's too high for him right now. So I'll take Booker. Ian? So I think part of the problem, what we talked about earlier with the all-star voting with Wiggins, is that you know it, there was sort of that lack of real fifth guy right in the West. And I think that's sort of the guy I'm looking for. I'm looking for the Kawhi, the Paul George, the big burly wing. But instead of doing that, I'm just going to take Draymond Green. And Jokic is an underrated defensive player. Kevin Durant, when he can turn it on in the playoffs, is an underrated defensive player. I think, Ja, there's going to be some limitation there. So I need a quarterback who can look that we have a weak link and can sort out how to fix that problem. I got Draymond Green here. I like that. I like that fit with the team. Rob, oh, like you have Draymond the last two and picks. Jokic? No, wait. Doesn't Ian have another pick? You have the last two picks for yourself. Then oh. Ian and, and I, it ends with me. All right. I thought one of you guys was going to grab him. I had to check and make sure he hit our game's qualifications. I need a little wing scoring punch. And Paul George is at 26 games this year. There you go. And was having a really, really good season prior to the injury. And the way my team is set up, like I have – I have a small guard in Chris Paul. Um, I have a fat guard in Luca. And now I have Joel Embiid, who also can be on the heftier side. Like let, let's get let's get a guy who's slender and ready to go. Like give me Paul George. It's he's the best of both worlds. He's not quite the defender Jimmy is, but he's a more talented, he's a more versatile offensive player. Because Jimmy Butler was a person I thought about here. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me Paul George. My team could have used Paul George over Booker. That's who I thought By you were way, setting up. Paul yeah. George with Embiid in real life? You talk about a match made in heaven. No, but that's Ooh. who I thought uh, Sean was talking about. Like yeah, when he was talking, I, I was like, oh my God, he's going to grab Paul George. I know, but I, I overrated the, the Giannis uh, defense factor just a tad. Like he's he's incredible. But Paul George brings that aspect. Ah, oh, you know what? I knew I was going to make one pick that hurt me, and this was it. Keep going. Um, my next pick. I love after we had this argument, you're not even going to take him. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> the crazy thing is, I've been thinking <laughs> that the whole time we were going through. And, like, I have the opportunity to grab him right here. But you don't want to. That's but the I, point. I, I really don't want to. Like, I'm, I'm trying to decide between the two Bulls guys. Like, I don't really have two foreign, yeah. and, but like, I think but that's a completely reasonable thing to think. Like, I, I'm picking with my heart, not my head here. Um, 
DeRozan has clearly been better and has and is the leader of that team. But hopefully one of you guys grabs DeMar. I got to just go with Zach. He's just, I have a soft spot for guys that like get the empty calories um, label. He's a hooper. He's a hooper. <laughs> yeah, that. No, no, but like I have a soft spot for those guys. Like, no, sometimes it's just you're in a poor situation. And now all of a sudden, now Devin Booker is a winner. Like before Devin Booker was empty calories and he couldn't hold a torch to Donovan Mitchell and you couldn't win with him. Anthony Edwards is getting that, was getting that a little bit too. And Zach Levine still lives that life. And I'm like, no, this guy's just really good at basketball. He's just been in poor situations and maybe he's not supposed to be the best player on an NBA team. But if he's your second best guy, hey, we're pretty good at basketball all of a sudden. So give me Zach Levine. All right, Ian, last pick. Fucking Anthony Davis. I'm telling you, you don't want him because I don't know what I'm getting. I thought about Bam before him too. Right. I'd so much rather have Bam. If I could have moved Giannis to center out, there's let's, a, let's, I think there's a spot. Let's get to regrets, a quick regret segment after this because DeRozan, Trey Young, like honestly, all those guys need to be considered. But I have John Morant. It's a smaller point guard. I have an issue with small point guards. But I do have an issue with small point guards who don't guard. Right? And that's not because I don't think Ja tries. So Sean took the wing stopper and Paul George. But I got Draymond. Nope. uh, Rob did. Right. Sorry. Rob did. But I got Draymond. You're going to take your guy, aren't you? What? You're taking Freddie. 100%. Yeah, I knew that was who I was going to take in the Booker spot. You don't care about being small. You need a spot-up shooter who can play an absolute dog of defense, and that's who you got. (laughs) I I need to know that I have to play Stephen Curry with you. I got to chase around Luka, most most notably Chris Paul, right? I got to deal with those problems. And look, I think Trey Young is a better player than Fred VanVleet, okay? I do. But for what I need and what this, I think all NBA, sometimes we get distracted at what's for. If I'm trying to build the best team, which is what the exercise is here, I'd rather have Fred Van Bleet than Trey Young because he just allows, he fits, the puzzle piece fits better. And he's also been sensational. Like sensational. I think he's at like, Shama, you may have it in front of you, but I think he's at like, 12 threes a game or 10 threes a game, particularly more recently, he takes 10 threes. And I'm like, he's not shooting enough. And yeah, 20, 22 points, seven assists, five rebounds, two and a half turnovers with almost two steals. He's shooting 87% from the free throw line, 53% in effective field goals, almost 50% from two. And he's shooting 40% from three on 10 attempts a game. That is an elite, elite season. That is a, I'm a top 20, I may fuck around to be a top 15 guy type of season. Fred Van Vliet deserves to be in this discussion, and I'm not just picking him because I'm a homer. He just plugged the final hole. That sounded Playing weird. Over 38 minutes a game. Yeah, a, like an animal. An ab- what he's doing, Pascal Siakam, has been their the their best player for the past six weeks. What Fred's done in totality is absurd. He deserves to be here. All right. The uh, we'll get to regrets after. I'll just make my last pick. I'm going to pick Carl Anthony Towns as my center. I'm going to have Giannis. To also. I'm going to have Giannis play the five on defense. LeBron in my game is going to care on defense. I'm going to have Carl Anthony Towns, the best shooting big of all time, with Steph Curry. And elite passing from Giannis out of the post and LeBron being LeBron. Yeah, with Devin Booker, an extremely high IQ basketball player who, to Rob's point, is a little, to Rob and Ian's point, a little overrated as a shooter, but underrated as a winner now. So while would I like Paul George on this team more since he's probably what, fourth fiddle at this point, just from his talents? Yeah, probably. But I'm going to go with Kat. So let's let's read out the teams, and then we'll get to quick regrets, and and, uh, and we'll get out of here. So Rob Shaw, 
2022 mid-season draft. And I really hope we come back at the end to do this again. So Chris Paul at point guard. Uh, Luka Doncic in one of the wing spots. Paul George and Zach Levine in the other two wing spots with Joel Embiid as the center. Ian. The team is small. Ian is going with John Moran at point guard, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Draymond Green, Durant, and Kevin Durant in the wing spots with Nicole Jokic at center. I am going with Curry as my point guard, Booker, LeBron, and Giannis as my wings with Carl Anthony Towns as my center. Some quick notable um, people left off the list. DeMar DeRozan, who's going to be an all-NBA first team. I still think we're all discarded about how he fits into a basketball team, even though he's showing it right now. Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Trey Young, Anthony Davis, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, Jason, Jason Tatum. Uh, and I would Jason Tatum. And I think we also got to say Darius Garland, a guy who could have been drafted here. So round, round the horn really quick. What are our regrets? Should have took LeBron in my Lucas spot. Yeah. <laughs> Should have took LeBron in my Lucas. You're right. You're right. Ian, what's I your regret? I said 2020. And You're also, right. last thing, every time we get together, we're going to hook up Towns and the Warriors, huh? You got Towns and Steph together. I know. Every time my dream. It, it happens. No, I can't. Cat cannot leave my guy, Anthony Edwards. It can't happen. No, it's more. Cat, uh, for me, is not about the Stephen Clay. It's about Cat with Draymond, to me, would be incredible. Oh, Even though Jimmy oh, Butler broke epic. this man's soul. But, I but think, he had his best defensive year when he had um, Kevin Durant in his ear. Or Kevin Garnett, I'm sorry. Yes. And I think Draymond's a different type of leader than Jimmy, but who knows? Ian, biggest regret? I honestly don't have any. I like I my team, those puzzle pieces, I'm sorry they fit. I have three elite, elite shooters and offensive players. I have the most explosive point guard in the in, in the league, and I have the greatest defensive player to ever walk the earth. And my regret is is the Booker spot. Could have gone Damar. Could have gone PG, but I mean you have LeBron, Giannis, and Curry. I've, I think you're Yeah, okay. I'm I'm fine. You'll I'm be fine. Right. Yeah. Um we will put canva by the way lost all of our templates so we have to restart from scratch so we'll find a way to put this up so that you guys can vote but before we get out of here really quick rob shaw crazy divisional playoff round some of the best football that we've seen at least the endings that chiefs bill game was crazy the Bucks, Tam, uh, Tom Brady almost came all the way back from 27 to 3 to win the game. 49ers eliminate Aaron Rodgers, and the Bengals move on to the championship round, to the uh, conference championship round. So I ask you, ahead of the two games this weekend, you are going to pick against the spread. The Chiefs are at home, favored by seven over the Bengals. Who are you picking in that game? Give me the Chiefs. Taking the Chiefs by a touchdown. Ian, yeah. who do you got? I'd love to say Cincinnati because Joey B is my guy. Tyler Boyd, that's my guy. I'm I'm enamored and, and amazed by Jamar Chase. Every time he steps on the field, he does something that just completely blows me away for a rookie. But it feels like the Chiefs have that magic back, right? Like the Chiefs, when they're going, have that Golden State Warriors type of mentality, right? Like when Pat's cooking, it's like when Curry's cooking and, you know, when Curry's cooking and you're in golden state, there's like that, ah, there's like that, that, that sort of, I don't know. Good it's point. like a, it's an aura. It, it's in that, and that arena, you can just feel it buzzing through the TV and Kansas city is the same. And, and it just feels like they found something. So to me, it's Kansas city, but what Cincinnati has done. Incredible. The big thing this week was the whole comparison around the Chiefs obviously having at Arrowhead the most decibels for a stadium ever. And everyone, including Joe Burrow, saying the, the 
loudest he's ever played in a game he felt was at an SEC stadium, like at LSU or Alabama or Auburn or Georgia. And again, I, I'm not I'm not going to agree or disagree. The two stadiums that I've been in in football in my life was the Super Bowl, which isn't always the loudest because it's just people there to watch the Super Bowl and a Buffalo Bills game against the Lions, which again, talk about two shit teams over, over the 31 years that I've been alive. Seven's a lot. If anyone, sorry, and back to the decibels thing, the Chiefs fans are going to come in there and make that the loudest stadium that they possibly can. But if there's one quarterback, I think right now, who does not give a shit, it's Joe Burrow. Does not care. I'm going to take the Bengals plus the seven. But then to the next game where we have the Rams at home against the 49ers, the Rams are favored by three and a half. I'm going to take the Rams. I think one of the two cover. I think one of the Bengals or the 49ers cover. And I think the smart play would be the Chiefs and the 49ers. But I'm going to go opposite. It's been a crazy year. I still think the Chiefs win. I still think the Rams win. We'll see who covers. Ian, Rams or 49ers? It should be the Rams. But what the 49ers did to Aaron Rodgers last week was so remarkable that I want to give them the credit for it. But if Green Bay's special teams doesn't completely poo its pants, the Packers we're cover about, and they're in we're this talking game. about a loss, right? Yeah. yeah. So to me, I love what the 49ers are doing. They're fun as hell. But it's Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Kendrick Lamar. They're they're going to the Super Bowl. It it just would be right for LA to be there. So I'm gonna go with the Rams. Two favorites. And you left out Eminem and Mary J. Blige. Rob? Yeah, but but Eminem's from Detroit. I know, I know. Ah, good point. You got me. And I'll the game's the in L. LA. I'll, I'll take the L. I'll take the L. I'll take the L. Go ahead, Rob. Too many goons on the Rams. Just too much of everything. Cooper Cup, the receiving triple crown or whatever you want to call it. And then we, whatever, they were like, yo, if Odell's motivated, he might be a great piece to add here. And then, hey, let's fix up what used to be Von Miller. Oh my God, it's bald. <laughs> Let's fix up the guy that used to be Von Miller. And then Aaron Darnold is still on the team. It's Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it just, I'm loaded. just looking. I, I hope we get Chiefs Rams in like just an epic, just an epic, not even a shootout, just big plays everywhere. Um, I'm taking the, the Rams. Forget the spreads. All right, good. Taking the Rams. Forget the spreads. The Rams Chiefs Super Bowl would be great. Be the most fun. So that's what I'm cheering for. Mr. Shaw. Pod God. Harry Potter. Greatest thing ever. We are going to be doing this once a month. Once a month, you will be coming on the From the Stands podcast. We might do home and homes where one every other month we alternate. We might be doing our own segment where it's its own thing. Maybe that gets you back in the booth. Maybe that gets I'm you ready. back on. I'm ready. Thank you so much for joining us on the From the Stands podcast, Rob. Make sure you check Rob out everywhere that you can on social media. Check out the Shaw's Law podcast. Follow him on Twitter. Check out the Instagram page. Ian, sign us off, buddy. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Rob, for coming on. And rest in peace, Kobe and Gigi. Bye.